One, two, three, four, penguins knocking on your door. I like counting, counting to the number four. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Good, thanks, Ezra. How are you? I'm doing really good, man. I'm in this uh, weird little cabin in the woods next to a cemetery, um, which is a little creepy because literally right outside my window is a whole bunch of gravestones. And um, that, like, you know, has you confront death, which is always a heavy topic. But, I mean, it shouldn't be such a surprise, should it? Because we know we will die. We do. Yeah, for some, okay, we know that we will die. And that's like, but we all like to sort of non-confront that and sort of not really have our attention on that until you're living next to a cemetery. And then it's just sort of in your in your uh, peripheral vision all day, every day. <laughs> um, I'm doing recording this podcast and literally looking at gravestones. Well, I guess, wonder if it'll have an effect of making you appreciate every minute that you have on this earth and you maximize it rather than tiptoe to get to death safely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that um, the first thing that happens is I get scared, right? I notice a process. So at first I get like afraid and then I realize, so that's like my first step is I I feel fear. And then I kind of think about that and think, okay, well, like, what am I actually afraid of? And it's, not happening to me right now. So to be afraid of something that might happen in the future, well, that will happen in the future, doesn't really make much sense to uh, you know have it hinder my current existence. So then I let go of the fear and just kind of continue living. <laughs> yeah, it's like a recalibration. It's. It, I was walking out of the surf the other day and I looked up as I'm going up the staircase and there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve wheelchairs with old people sitting there staring out at the ocean. And I was just thinking, how lucky am I to be able to surf? I'm going to live for the moment. I'm going to enjoy this. Maybe that will be me one day. But when I'm sitting in that wheelchair looking out at the surf, I'm going to be able to remember the thousands of surfs that I had and appreciate that I lived. You know, so it, it's looking out at your tombstone could be a positive thing for you. It could, could give you the contrast to know how good life is for you right now. Yeah, I mean, that would be the more, I think that would be the smarter way to look at it. I mean, you could look at it and then be like, I'm afraid I'm going to die, so I'm going to go cower under the covers. Or you could look at it and say, man, that's really intense that, you know, I will not be around forever. And so I'd like to make the time that I have valuable to me and those around me. So good point. And also when you counted to four, it reminded me of of a Sesame Street song. And it goes like this. One, two, three, four, penguins knocking on your door. I like counting, counting to the number four. And it's a song about how to count to the number four. So I just thought I'd just throw that in there. Um, it's not an SEO song. It's not, it's not an SEO song. Um, although I think we did an SEO song. <laughs> Google have somehow managed to turn delightful characters into sinister evil Oh, that's right. The penguin, the Google <laughs> Shadows penguin. Shadows of themselves. All right. Well, let's get into this episode. Doppelgangers. Uh, 
let's um let's talk about what we're going to talk about today on Think Act Get, which is hustle. And hustle is the opposite of entitlement. It means like not feeling that work is beneath you and taking advantage of what is available to you and going from there and being willing to get your hands dirty. So hustle, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Yeah. It's really interesting you say this because culturally, I, I, I'm not gelling with the word hustle. I like to think of what you're talking about hustle as work ethic, which I think is the opposite of lazy. Well, I think it's all s- semantics. Well, let's dig into it. Like hustles also got lots of definitions, but when you look into it, it can mean push roughly or jostle. It could be it could be the state of great activity, which I think you're referring to. Could be a fraud or a swing, swindle. Could be anything to do with make money, even if you're working a few jobs. It could be about getting things in order or forcing one's way. Basically, it does have have this sort of negative connotation from one point of view being the, the con one, but the other one that I think is is not so dis- discussed as often is the the way that some people, in particular guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, who use this word a lot, wear this as a badge of honor and how amazingly hard they're working. And I think, have they lost sight of the whole point of living? Are they hustling themselves into an early grave without stopping to smell the roses on the way through? You know, I think you make a really good point that there is a negative connotation uh, on the word hustle. And I bring up the word hustle specifically because it's so used in our community. And being a hustler has a negative connotation of being someone, if you look at the negative side of it, who will do anything to make a dollar. And that like with all, like with all things, there's a light and a dark side. So when I, when I look at the light and dark side of, you know, hustle in quotation marks, if you want to call it that, or, and I'll tell you what I'm getting at in just a moment. I think that it's important to have clear boundaries about what you want and what you're doing to get it and to be being strategic about how you move forward in your life. And I think a key part of positive hustle is knowing your direction and keeping your eye on your goal. And you don't want to get caught up in just trying to make a dollar and ending up selling junk supplements or doing something that doesn't add value to anyone other than yourself. And that's sort of what, you know, people who, when you look at the negative side of hustle, that, that, that's what, you know, is what people would think of. And I think that for me, right? I've always used the word hustle as, as as a positive, right? For me, hustle before it became popular in the you know in the sort of you know uh, bit, you know internet entrepreneur, internet entrepreneur, online you know tech space. Um, it was something that that where I grew up, people would say it as a positive, like oh go out there and hustle and like you know do well for yourself. And so I always thought of hustle as like containing enthusiasm, like when you're hustling, you're willing to get in there and do what you need to do to reach your goal. And it's sort of the opposite of feeling entitled and feeling like things should happen for you without putting anything into it. It's kind of figuring out what the steps should be taken. And you make a good point. A lot of people are like, oh, I hustle so hard. I work so hard. I sacrifice. And like they make this big, like it's this big thing that they, that they're sacrificing so much and they want to be rewarded for this sacrifice that they're making. And they want you to feel like uh, uh, they're working so hard. But I think that if you're hustling properly, you're setting up a system so you don't 
have to work super hard. But I do think that, you know, in order to get something off of the ground, which is usually when I think about hustling, I mean, of course, I feel like I'm hustling all the time because I feel like I, I have it in the same way that you do with work ethic. So it, it sort of equates with work ethic to me too. But I usually think of hustle as like the energy that I use to get something going. Yeah. So I'm glad we've covered this. I, I believe in, look, my definition of, of what you Americans call hustle, I call work ethic. And I think work ethic can drive people too much if they don't have good goals. So we've covered off the really important parts. And I think it's the opposite of laziness or entitlement. So we're on the same page there. I do think culturally, though, it's, it is more USA, North America centric. And I see a lot of that market talking about hustling, I'm hustling this and hustling that. I'm thinking, well, unless you've got a point to all of this, you're just you know, these are the words that come to mind. If we were doing a word cloud, burnout, caffeine haze, lost sight of goals, selfish, dishonest, perhaps proud badge of honor for the purpose of um, other people's uh, pleasing, but not necessarily going to get you what you want. So there's some of the, the reactions that it creates in me when I hear that word. So I don't use the word hustle. I would use the word work ethic. And I actually love the idea that a little bit of work up front, a little bit of effort now, some work ethic now, if you're prepared to pay the price or invest in that now time, it can set you up for a better future. And I believe that's where I'm at at my stage in life where the the work ethic from early days has set me up to be in a better position because of the things like the compounding effect, compounded knowledge over time. You know, if you can get yourself up to a high income quickly and then be able to just sustain that, it's no different to a train rolling out of the station. It's going to use a lot more energy to get up to speed. And once it's up to speed, it can just sustain. Or a rocket taking off uses a lot of fuel in the beginning until it reaches the zero gravity and then just a little tiny bit of fuel to use the thruster can get that thing moving. You know, I think you make a really, really good point. And one of the things that that I think when when I think of hustle is and and again, you know, I am in this North American society where this word is thrown around a lot. And so it's got more of a it's sort of more ingrained in my psyche than I imagine it is in yours. But I I, I see hustle as being able to see the way, and this is exactly what you're saying, being able to see the way that the opportunities available to you right now can take you to that bigger goal that you have for yourself in the future. And so, you know, if you look at like Madonna, she had what I would call hustle. She left Michigan with $35 in her pocket, headed to New York to pursue her dreams as a dancer. And, and she got where she is by working hard, by work ethic. And now if she puts out a CD, she doesn't have to do much because she's Madonna. And it's the same way now where like if I release a program, it's not like the first program that I ever released where I had to do a whole bunch of work. I've got a giant group of people who are very interested in what I have to say because I've proven value over time. I've built this asset. And I think that's a, a an interesting concept that that sort of snowball effect in whatever you do. And I think that one of the cool things here is that if you stick with something, it ends up sort of running itself. If you stick with something long enough, if you stick super fast business, for example, you know, that thing is how long have you been running super fast business now? Well, the business name itself is about seven years old. Uh, the, you know, I've been running communities for about six or seven years now, and it's got great momentum. 
Yeah, and like you, 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 you know that thing that that asset that you've built over time. Now, when you launch, uh, when when you do Super Fast Business Live in Manly, you've got a whole community of people who are going to buy those tickets. Whereas when you first started, you probably needed support from affiliates or whatever, you know. Well, I, the first event I sold from stage at someone else's event, and uh, that's how it was born. Literally, was I got myself a speaking gig through work ethic and uh, and proactive engagement of other people's attention, got myself a speaking gig and then I put it to my mastermind group at the time uh, where people like Yannick Silva were and said, okay, and also Mike Filsame, I said, all right, I've got this speaking gig, what should I sell? And they said, sell a live event. And I thought that's a good idea. And then I recorded it and I used the information as the basis for the community. So this is around about the time that the community was started. And so it came, came together through a few different paths. However, you're right, I'm now in a situation where I teach people how to set up an automated recurring business model. And they put a lot of effort up front. They put, it, they put time, they put money. And of course, it's never harder than when they don't have a single member. <laughs> and then the first phase is a high energy burn. There's a lot of new members coming in. They have to deal with routine, culture, churn, uh, technology. All this is new information. And then if you were to fast forward down the track three, four, five years out, what you'll find is that there's just a, uh, a daily commitment required, but it might only be half an hour a day or an hour a day to sustain what in the beginning you probably put seven or eight, nine hours a day in just to get this thing up and cranking. You know, it's, it's funny that you, that you say uh, work ethic because here in, in one of my little notes I say, in athletics, hustle was synonymous with hard work and enthusiasm. People would say to me, way to hustle. And people often refer to me, so, so you know, as you well know, one of the core businesses that I have right now is besides my e-commerce businesses, which do really, really well and are sort of my, my core thing. But my other core business is smartmarketer.com, which you helped me build. And people often refer to me as an overnight success. You know, they like, they're always talking about how I had this like ascension and they heard of me one day and I'm this overnight success in our community of internet marketing. But it's like, you heard of me one day, but all the time you didn't hear of me, I was working hard. I was building this thing up. I was working, um, uh, 60 hours a week managing a yoga studio and coming home at night, 70 hours a week sometimes, coming home at night and working two, three hours on my e-commerce businesses. Like I was moonlighting that business. So I feel like uh, oftentimes when you hear these stories of what would be considered, oh, this person's an overnight success, you didn't hear about the 3,000 shows that the Beatles played at these random little bars in London, you know? Oh, it's like, you know, if I watch a guy catch a wave out the front, I can imagine how many times he fell off. trying to learn how to, to do that. And um, there's, there's always uh, – ev- everything's hard before it becomes easy. And a lot of people don't have what you call hustle and what I call work ethic to push through that. It just re- it requires a special skill. And I think one of the big dangers uh, – well, there's a couple, but one of the big dangers is overwork or workalism or – Hustle for the sake of hustle, getting all wrapped up in the whole notion of it and the glamour and the the uh, the glory of being such a hard worker, and that's that's why I am completely detest the approach people like um, you know like Gary in that he's like the champion of workalism, and I'm like, what's the point, dude? You know, so what? You work a hundred hours a day, you know, fantastic. You're amazing. You're a legend. You're a hero. To whom? 
But here's – let me tell you what that's about real quick in my opinion, okay? Here's what I think it is. And I think that people that like if you are biz- – if you're a man, let's just talk about if you're a man, right? This is not really the same for women. Um, but the way that that – one way that men can escape their life, it's escapism, is to say, oh, I'm busy working. I've got to like pay the bills, you know, because men are supposed to be like the guy, you know, producing and working. And so we can be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm busy working all the time so I can ignore these other parts of my life. And you don't get for it. You don't get like, you know, guys don't get in trouble if they ignore their, their relationships in the face of work because, oh, they were bringing home the bacon. And so I think this, I think this um, culture of let's just work all the time is actually a culture of let's non-confront and ignore other parts of our life that need our attention and that are harder than work, right? Like your intimate relationships and stuff like that, that, that are not, maybe not harder, but require just as much energy. And you sort of get a pass on that stuff if you're busy working all the time, it's a way to get a pass. Bang. So that's that's the thing. It's like knowing to okay, if if my definition is work ethics like hustle and the anti hustle is laziness or entitlement. So I think we're on the same page there. It's not about doing nothing because you're lazy, but it's about finding the the dialing in the right amount at the right time, but keeping it all in the perspective of of the of Ezra's tombstone here. You're going to be that, that little thing in the ground or a little some ashes sent to space at some point. Uh, why not dial the mix so that you can put a little bit of effort in where you're doing the right things at the right time and make it all for a, a purpose? And at no point in my life have I been so clear on that as now where I've been able to experience both. My not working 100 hours a week now, like I might have while I was doing two jobs, is simply not me being lazy. It's me being clearer about living and the purpose and and what I'd like to, what experiences I would like to have and how I'd like to to get creative enjoyment or to develop new skills and to reflect on things in a different perspective. You know, it's and it's a good point that like a lot of people are putting off the things that they want in life so that at some point they can have them. Well, I'm just not going to enjoy myself now. I'm going to work really hard so that I can maybe enjoy myself in the future. But it's like, the, you're only going to be able to sustain that hard work if you're enjoying yourself. So go out there and like have the things in life that you're looking for now. Don't, you know, and I know like it's, it's sort of, you know, we can say this. It's, it's interesting to be saying this from the position of already being there where these, where people are trying to get with the financial freedom and all that kind of stuff. But I know for a fact that when I was not finance, when I didn't have financial freedom, when I was working 60, 70 hours a week, I was still, you know, at the yoga studio and stuff, I was still taking time to like do the things that I enjoyed in life as much as I could. And I think that's the point is like everyone's situation is a little bit different, but there are, there, there, there is room in your life for you to have enjoyment and you just got to look for that and figure out where it is. It's, it's, we, we, you live, if you're listening to this podcast, you live in a first world country, most likely, and your problems are first world problems. You probably have shelter and you probably have food. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, Probably, you know, I went through a period, maybe a decade, where I really didn't have that much me time, you know, with four kids, big mortgage, full-time job, and then a part-time job. It it was very, very difficult. And I paid the price to get what I have now. 
And I think, you know, if you knew how much was involved in the beginning, I wouldn't do it. At, t- at certain times I thought I might die just from the stress of this. It was, it's impossible to explain to someone who hasn't worked for a multinational company who had massive responsibilities and being a parent with uh, all these obligations that are going to stick with you for probably 20 years each. Uh, it is a huge rock to be under. And I know this will resonate with a lot of our, our listening audience because a lot of people have debt, credit card debt, housing debt, car debt, uh, not enough money coming in, that you're, you're sleep deprived from children, from your job, you're doing things you don't love because you have to, and quite often you're exchanging time for money, which is a really bad deal. You're getting paid for your input, not your output. And uh, I can, you know, I can assure you there is a way out of that. That's the most important point to take from this. And what we're talking about here with the topic of hustle is that if you can do some hard work, if you can commit to yourself to to uh, have a work ethic, don't be lazy, but instead be proactive about your situation, you can put in the hard yards and escape this and later on can be significantly different. And that's what I found and what you found. And would you say it's at certain times... Maybe even in the last year, at times you've gotten caught up in a hustle bustle. I mean, I think that we had this conversation uh, for the last couple months. You've been able to see it. I've been caught up in the the uh, being. My, my big problem was that I was just unwilling to turn down good opportunities. But when you're unwilling to turn down good opportunities, you end up making all opportunities a bad opportunity because you don't actually have the surplus to work on them, you know? And so one of the big lessons for me in 2014 was that of focus, was picking the things that I really wanted to put my attention on in a business capacity and just doing those things. And uh, most recently, what that's looked like for me is the shutting down of my services agency. That was a big decision and it was it was a smart one. And I've felt a whole lot better about work since I've done that. So yeah, I mean, I think you still get caught up in it. It's not like we're above these. Um, I'm not saying I'm above any of this stuff. The reason why we have these conversations is because- No, no. Uh, we're saying it requires discipline and conscious thought. Yeah. That's what I think we're saying. I, I have uh, closed down our retail services, which means that we're no longer dealing with the high-level direct relationship with the end customer, you know, multi-thousands a month type customers. We had a couple left from seven years ago. That's how long I've had these on retainer. But they weren't a good fit. They represented a couple of percent of our revenue now. They were way outside the scope of our main thing, which is wholesale service provision of websites and SEO and content and education. We've really sort of narrowed down to just two core business units, which we're really good at. And sometimes, and this is where the discipline comes in, you have to turn off revenue or profit to be able to tuck down. So every time you say no to an opportunity, you've got to have the discipline to say, well, there's 50 grand or 100 grand I'm not going to bring in doing this activity. However, I might be able to visit my friends or family. I might be able to pick up a new skill. I might be able to get the same or more revenue or profit by just doing a fraction of that amount of effort, doing more of the thing that I love and that I'm really good at and that people recognize my value in. I think that's absolutely right. And one of the big things that that I, I had in my notes when I was you know writing about this topic was not feeling like work 
was beneath you. And and I say that specifically because you know I, I hired a bunch of people this year and I hired people to take take on jobs that I used to do in my business and then sometimes I'm still required to do some of that stuff and I was having this feeling of like well I'm not going to do that because I'm now above that but that's not that's like a, a an arrogant viewpoint that you know what got me here was the work that I put in, and so being unwilling to do that work when the time came uh, is really detrimental to, to to your business. And I think that you know knowing that that you are willing to work for what you have, and that you're willing to like not. I'm not saying you should be working all the time, but but I, I do think it's important to not feel that that work is beneath you, and that like, hey, if the dishes need to be done, you can do the dishes, you know. And I think that's an important uh, uh, viewpoint to have that like you're willing to get in there and like I clean my toilets. I do like I do certain things because I want you know I want to sort of keep keep the uh, keep humble I guess would be the would be the way to say it. Yeah, well, I think humble is the opposite of. And I'm not suggesting you have to clean your own toilets, by the way. No, I, I think it's a good point because I actually think humble is the opposite of the main problem with hustle, and that's ego. And I think some of the people who are hustle champions. Uh, egomaniacs <laughs> and they get caught up in the whole positioning of being a hustler and you know I can think of the hustlers they're the ones with the long sales pages on Facebook hustling everyday people into their packages at high prices and stuff Th- those hustlers wear it as a badge of honor they they uh, would love to be thought of as as a hustler you know the one with with the big work ethic and the one making moving mountains I like more of the quiet achiever model. I like I like to be a little more humble, like you're talking about, a little bit more operating in the background, not not needing the attention of big launches, not needing other people to, you know, blow my trumpet, and just getting stuff done. And people who are in the know recognise that and are part of it. People who don't will be oblivious to it, but it it makes for a nice balance. Well, because you're, you know, like, uh, here's here's an interesting thing about it. You don't get your validation as a person from other people. Like, you feel right about yourself as a person because you feel good about what you're doing in the world and what you're up to, and you don't need outside validation to feel right as a human being. And I think that when you are looking for other people to validate your existence, you're in a tough spot, you know, because then you're always like, you need someone else to tell you that you're okay, and you're not just okay on your own. I think getting to the spot where like, you feel good about who you are as a person and what you stand for and what you do in the world is really sort of the first step. Exactly. It's about where you where you get it. And one of your questions to me was, um, you know, was was there hustle required in learning a new skill like surfing? And I would say that I engaged the same mechanism that I have used in my business before. That is understanding what goal I want, being clear on that. My goal was simply I want to be a good surfer. I want to I want to enjoy my surfing, but I want to be good at it. And to be good at it, I knew that I will face many challenges. Lots of spills, falls, uh, injuries uh, that I would have to commit to learning the craft, the technology, the weather, the, you know, the, and to physically condition myself. And then the, the second thing is to have the, the routine. I know that setting a routine reduces the need for hustle. You don't have to have as much work ethic to, to overcome resistance if there isn't as much resistance in the first place. So one thing is I 
create a little trance-like state of the process of putting on the wetsuit, sun cream, grabbing a board and getting into the surf, I can be in the surf without really having to think about it too much. And the goal is to get myself out, paddle out to the back without having to put in too much conscious thought because once I'm out there, I can really get into it. And, and the secret is being able to set that up so that I don't have huge resistance. That means I don't need massive work ethic to overcome it. I'm just doing it through routine. I've created routine around it and it's just deciding that I'm going to get wet every day unless there's a thunderstorm or it's just outrageously dangerous. I'm going to just get get in that water every day. <laughs> and even then, something tells me when it's even when it's too big for you, that doesn't hold you back. At least I had that experience with you when you took me out. It was definitely too big for me and you took me out there. So like, <laughs> I've definitely been out when it's too, well at that time I didn't even know that it was too big for me. I was so unaware of everything that I didn't even know that it was ridiculously dangerous. Now I'm aware of the dangers of thunderstorms because I think I made it in all of five minutes out there and I was like, okay dude, this I gotta go in because <laughs> I can't handle this. And maybe I could even get out past the break. I don't remember. I just remember getting out there and being really scared and like holy crap, these are big waves. My goal is to catch one wave every time I go you know if I've got a, a nice minimum expectation uh, and the I've definitely overcome the resistance now of going out often it's just built in it's routine it's normal it would be strange if I didn't do it I feel edgy if I can't yeah. go so um, I think that's a good good conversation on what I'm calling hustle and what you're calling work ethic and I think that we've covered some really good stuff so let's move on to the willpower wager weekly willpower wager where do you need some work ethic in your life, listener? Like, what are you flagging on? Where could you use some enthusiasm? Uh, for me, I'm trying to get into a good five-day-per-week workout routine, and uh, I've got my Skype personal trainers who call me up on Skype in the morning who are who are hitting me up the night before to say, hey, are you going to be there in the morning on Skype? And, and, and it's been a, a difficult routine for me to put in place, but I, I've been working on it and it's been going well. So like, what is it that, that needs a little uh, energy and attention in your life? And it doesn't have to be business related. It could be that, you know, what you really want to focus on over the next week is putting some attention on, and I keep bringing up these, uh, these intimate and personal relationships. And that does not mean it has to be a, 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 a relationship across the gender line or a relationship with a romantic partner. Any kind of relationship that you have with a close friend is an intimate one. And it's one where you share intimacy with someone else. And, and in my life, I've found that those are really what bring me the most satisfaction and pleasure and also movement forward in my life. So, you know, if you want to feel more intimacy, if you want to have closer uh, intimacy and relationships in your life, communication is what is required. So perhaps you want to put some attention on communicating with, with people around you and sharing what's happening in your life and, and being open about that. And put some communication on how you communicate with yourself. That's a really, really good one. It's, I mean... <laughs> I like how you said you're trying. I know, I know. I put I'm trying to cut out sugar because today I had like you know I, I had some. So I'm, cl I'm clearly trying is a <laughs> clearly that's, that's not a weasel it, word. You know? Trying. <laughs> Yoda would not be happy. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, and it's really true. And so, uh, and you know, one of my mentors taught me something really interesting. He said, at the end of the day, everything comes down to yes or no. It's just yes or no. It's a yes or no question. Are you going to have sugar? Yes or no? It's not maybe or perhaps or we'll see or possibly or I'll give it a shot. That's all crap. It's yes or no. Take a side. Take your position. 
move forward. And I've got so much value from that 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 really a lot of things do break down to yes or no, like the, the fancy pants ignition system in your car from the key to all the wires and a little bit of brain and the special box down to the starter motor. Ultimately, it's yes, there's a current or no, there's not. That's what it comes down to. It boils down to positive or negative. It's all um, – there's a, there's this – I won't even get into it, but there's this whole thing going around. It, it There really is not – that much happening <laughs> in the world when you really break it down to like what's actually going on. And there's multiple levels of awareness, right? Like on one level, we're sitting here on the, having a conversation and there's a solid table in front of me and I'm putting my hands on it. And on another level, that's all like matter and not actually real. So you can go pretty far with that one. Uh, news and updates. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, I, I, I know what you're saying. They're all vibrating out of set with the appearance of a table. Yeah. And so, you know, I think there's, there's many ways to look at the world and uh, uh we would prefer that you you know looked at your world it's like the sun is a black it's a black thing and we it looks bright because it reflects everything it's the only black thing because it reflects everything so let's talk about uh what's coming up yeah i, I someone might know far more than i do about that yeah i've got <laughs> i mean i'm really not qualified to talk about that stuff but what what do we have uh coming up in in our world here uh well you know uh Business as usual here, just uh, super fast business in March is um, coming along nicely. It's, it's um, probably about half full now in terms of tickets. So super fast business in March, uh, wonderful event. I'd have to say my favorite internet marketing event because I just not, – not only do I love the content, but I think the content is, is unparalleled, but I think that um, – that just manly, you know, it's just so nice there. It's such a nice little community, such a beautiful little beach town. And, you know, if you haven't been to Australia and you're an American and you're listening to this, I think it's really a, a country worth experiencing. You don't have to learn a new language, which is really helpful. So check it out. Yeah, you'll, you'll, um, you'll have a life experience that, that you'll never forget, uh, that you can take to your tombstone. If you like Think Act Get, if this stuff, you know, if you if 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 you have any viewpoints on what we're talking about, the whole reason we're doing this show is to engage with you to 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 bring these conversations uh, to light in our community and hear what you think about them. So we'd love it if you went over to the thinkactget.com blog, left us a comment there. If you downloaded our podcast in iTunes and left us a comment on iTunes and just like let us know what you think about the show. Here's an interesting story. One guy joined yesterday. And within five minutes, he sent a request to cancel his membership because he wanted to find specific training on a specific integration between two specific softwares, and he couldn't find it. He can only find discussion on it. And my team said, why don't you ask a specific question with exactly what you're trying to solve in the community, which he did. And within a few minutes, he had uh, Jake Hauer posted a very specific training video on exactly the process he was trying to do. I posted exactly how to get what he needed done. And what happened was he was able to get the exact answer he wanted within minutes of asking. So he had a one impression of how it's going to work, which is that every possible answer he could ever ask has already been answered, which is probably unrealistic and short-sighted. And the reality is anything you can think to ask will get answered and dealt with very swiftly by our range of experienced experts. So, you know, it, it, part of my job is to help people understand how to get the best value from it. But I would say if, if you're going to boil it down, if you use it as an unlimited questions forum, 
you'll get all the answers you could ever wish for. And, you know, that, that goes to show you that there are different strokes for different folks. So let's move on to the quote section. Think about it. Now, are you keeping your quote, James? Yeah, I think this just shows that the, um, you know, that the word hustle's been around for a long time, especially in the United States. It's things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Abraham Lincoln. Damn, Lincoln was just dropping hustle quotes. Well, there was other people, other famous people like Marlon Brando. He said, if you want something from an audience, you give blood to their fantasies. It's the ultimate hustle. It's basically tell people what they want. Give people, pander to people's hopes and dreams and and desires and you'll get whatever you want. And that that's the con, really. That's sort of, yeah, that's sort of the... the uh... I mean, he was an actor, so he's he's supposed to be pretending. But I think what Abraham Lincoln is talking about here is things may come to those who wait, which is a a it's it's one it's sort of one one of these uh, metaphors that you hear. One of these sayings: things will things come to those who wait. But what he's saying: <laughs> only things that are left by those who are working hard to get stuff now. So there's that's it. Like the people who are busy doing stuff are out there organizing all the stuff they want, and then. Whatever's left is what you're going to trip over through just pure luck. <laughs> and my quote is by a guy called Don Zimmer, who I haven't heard of, but, but when I was looking at puzzle quotes, I, I found this one. I liked it. And he says, what you lack in talent can be made up with desire, hustle, and giving 110% all the time. And I really like that what Don Zimmer says here is that desire is the first thing he says. It can be made up with desire and then hustle and giving it 110%. And I kind of see hustle as giving it 110%. Yeah, and I think that's ridiculous. What, what's ridiculous? 110%. You know, who, these morons who put more than 100%, <laughs> unless they qualify that, go and fill up a bucket 110% with water. Well, it's a, it's it's you know it's a, it's a, it's clearly impossible, right? It's I don't think he's Jesus. <laughs> well, what well what is possible is to give a hundred and ten percent more than what you were giving before if you weren't already at a hundred percent. There you go. Like if you've been if you've been half asking it at fifty percent, then maybe you're going to now put in fifty five percent. What I like what about this of. quote is, and I agree with you. I think that that. I just think it's a stupid saying. I, I just it drives me nuts. There, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, wondered, I, put I knew that you didn't like that. Well, this has happened you really before. Really, can only put in a hundred percent. In fact, I had a Facebook argument with some lady about three years ago and had to ban her because she's so stupid. She couldn't process this. I remember. I remember this, and I wondered if this oh. this being in here was going to trigger you. So I apologize because I knew it was possible. Yeah, it does. I saw. It. I actually saw it on the quotes page and thought. There's another idiot. Well, anyways, let's go back to what Don said that was good, which was that desire. I think that, you know, desire is a very underappreciated part of what it takes to make stuff happen. You've got to have a desire and you've got to be willing to acknowledge what your desires actually are and then go for them. And one of the problems that I see people having is not being willing to – not wanting to accept that they have certain desires, you know, and not wanting to acknowledge that they have those desires. What – True, and I and I I think it's, this pins back to a large extent to responsibility. Are you going to be responsible for your outcomes, or are you just going to take what people throw at you because they don't have a lot planned for you? Uh, you know that luxury car, a big house, and a million dollars a year is not going to just appear miraculously for you into your life with no no effort from your behalf. It's just not going to happen. Face reality. Stop lining up for the lottery tickets. Stop putting the punts on the horse races. Ultimately, 
you've got to get out there with a bit of work ethic. And if you do, I think what this quote's saying is you can beat people who might have talent but just are too lazy to do anything about it. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, one of the things that you hear in um, athletics a lot is that hard work beats talent all of the time. And and, and I follow a sport uh, of mixed martial arts, which is like grappling and boxing sort of combined. And you often see... Oh, <laughs> Quality or acting profile, aren't you like an expert at it? I'm, I'm Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> we I have a put j- that on. It's an old joke. To, <laughs> we, joke. We, that's an inside joke. Um but uh, yeah, I, 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 look, man, I'm well trained. I am well trained. Okay. No, you're an all rounder. You are an all rounder. <laughs> you know, even the great Ryan Seacrest referred to talent. He said, said, mine's a pretty simple strategy. There's not a lot of talent here, but there's a lot of hustle. I have to be in every place I can and be busy. The great Ryan Seacrest. I think we got to bring this episode to an end uh, on that note. You want to bring us out? <laughs> uh, so we've been talking about hustle. The opposite of entitlement, you know, and, and in my speak, it's uh, work ethic, the opposite of laziness. It's not a feeling that work is beneath you. When you're hustling, you're t- taking advantage of what's available to you and using those opportunities to propel you towards your goals. Now, that might be ethical. It might be unethical. There's a bit of a gray line on that word there. Hustle, what is it? How are you using it? Is it affecting your business and your life? Importantly, are you over hustling? Are you in the hustle bustle or are you just a lazy buck? So that's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch you on the next one. This has been another episode of Think Act Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.